Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sir Nifty Delaney. So what? Well, come along. It's another episode where we delve into the mailbag, into your correspondence, which has delighted us so much over recent times and also allows us to record episodes while we're away on holiday. So there'll be nothing topical in this one. Uh, what we got? I've got one here and it's about uh, Charlie Mullins, the Pimlico plumber. It looks a bit like Rod Stewart. You're aware of him? You probably will be because he's a London, oh, yeah. fan, London figure, isn't I've he? I've encountered him. I used to work at Talk Radio. Oh, he'll like been that, in and out all the time. Stop in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. He doesn't do much plumbing because he's always on the radio, isn't he? Mm. This has been an email from Sean Canty. Does Charlie Mullins' business card have a picture of him receiving his OBE on the back? And he says, the answer... Yes, it fucking does. <laughs> he sent <laughs> a photograph. Pimlico Plumbers, established 1979, London's leading service and maintenance company, Charlie Mullins OBE, founder chairman. There's his mobile number and his email address, which we won't read out on air. But then we turn it over at the back of the card. He has. He's gazing into the eyes of Prince Charles as Prince Charles pins his OBE onto him. That's the way to do things, isn't it? Fucking hell. Um, I don't know why we've been sent that away i've read it out to be honest but there you go it was in the start well, section we have done some business card coverage before we are have always we? interested in, in amusing um uh business cards and job titles and so forth that people have. do you remember when i found a, a big pile of old business cards in a in a drawer Yours. that i'd obviously just emptied out of a desk yeah and i started shuffling through them and reading out some of the ones and, and in amongst them all was the business card of Kenny Sansom. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, Which I was yeah. delighted by. Yeah, I remember that now. Um, I thought you meant there were business cards of your own that you were going to hand out to people. I've had should business we... cards over the years. Should we get business cards, do you think? I think we should. I love getting them. I've, I've, I've had them over the years for various different jobs because it's sort of like when you're a kid and you're playing businesses or offices mm-hmm. and you love the idea of having your own stationery. I did, anyway. Let's play business, and uh, <laughs> and so whenever I've I've always I mean in the, in the few actual proper jobs I've had I've always said right now first point of order my business cards what they shall say and what materials they shall be made of right and then also just when I've had my own businesses most of which are just like you know silly um, always get <laughs> business cards and so as a result all over the fucking place. I've got um <clears throat> sorry someone's calling me. Um as a result I've got all sorts of fucking business cards in old in storage and in drawers and in boxes and I don't think I've ever actually used a business card. You get them, you look at them, you think that's nice. Look, 
my name's mm. written down on a bit of card. I'm all important, like J.R. Ewing. But I never <laughs> fucking give a business card out, so it's just a waste of time and money. I got fucking, I got fucking loads of them taking out. I've probably got a whole storage unit of the cunts. Yeah. Uh, you've not used any of them, and all the ones you've handed out, they've never been used by anybody either. It's a complete false no. economy. It is, yeah. But uh, but I'm definitely going to get us some now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Individual ones or or, or one with both of us? Oh, on? definitely. You'll have individual ones. They won't be like just general top flight time machine. They'll be Andy Dawson, mm. podcaster in chief. Podcast king, UK. Yeah. There we go. And if we ever get uh, knighted or the OBA or anything like that, we'll get the picture put on the back to match uh, Charlie Mullins. It's a bit like I said in a previous episode. I respect people who are very open and sort of almost not boastful about money, but happy to discuss money quite explicitly. I find Mm. that quite an endearing um, uh, trait, right? I hate that kind of posh person sort of, it's a little bit crass to discuss money. Right. Yeah, it's vulgar. And I'm like, no, it fucking isn't. Right? I need to fucking discuss money. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I think it's almost the same with this bloke with his knighthood. Yes, I, I was knighted, but I, I don't really like to talk about it. I mean, what's it really mean anyway? There's plenty of people contributing more to society than me. Yeah. Fuck that. There's a picture of me getting fucking knighted by the Queen, you cunt. Have that. <laughs> I've been at the fucking palace. And I've been given an OB fucking E. And there's a picture of it, so every cunt knows. I'd get it. I'd get it printed on teachers. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't probably accept it. But if I did accept it, everyone would fucking know. Everyone would know. Um, what we got here? Local characters. Uh, we've had a good response to them, and this one is from. See, I always need to scroll down at the bottom first to make sure they haven't asked for fucking anonymity. Because so mm. many of these fuckers do, which is a cop-out. But he hasn't. It's Justin Pursley. And he says, uh, I know you must have loads of these. And like you say, every town has one, particularly up north. But this bloke is one of the greatest. And he is called Kipper Jackson, which is a fantastic name for a local character. Uh, there are many stories of Kipper's escapades. And I remember many from my youth. Just an example, I used to catch a bus to school from the bus station every morning, and at least once a week, we were regaled by Kipper Jackson, who used to turn up with a karaoke machine in a pushchair. It was powered <laughs> by it was powered by a car battery and on wheels, so he could scarper quickly. His favourite hits were Living Doll and What's New Pussycat. He used to oh. take requests from the school kids, and we obviously lapped it up. Uh, all of the... Oh, oh, hang on. All of this... Whilst wearing a shirt and tie with a suit jacket and, wait for it, stockings and suspenders. Yes. <laughs> Did it say whereabouts this was? Um, I don't know. There's some... Uh, there's some... What, Barnsley. Yeah, Barnsley. That is yeah, he's attached great. some, some uh, newspaper clippings as well. And other images of Kipper Jackson and YouTube footage as well. He's sent us an entire fucking press pack of uh, yeah. Kipper Jackson stuff. Uh, see attached images from our local paper reporting on the time he got locked up for bun crime. Let's see what that okay. says. There it is. Uh, he was allowed back in Barnsley pubs after a ban lasting more than 20 years. And it says, this is in the Barnsley Independent newspaper, it says, Landlords voted to give the daft street entertainer 
a chance. <laughs> That's what it says on his fucking business card, by the yeah, way. Yeah, straight at the tailor. Um, <laughs> and removed him from the pub watch list of bad people. Kipper says he will only be, in inverted commas, on pop because he is on an ASBO, which bans him from being under the influence of alcohol in a public place. On pop. Uh, the 63-year-old was released from prison in October following an incident in which he threw a cream bun at a policeman. Yeah, sorry about that. Wrong the fucking That's... cream bun at the officer, didn't I? Proper low-level look of cream. What it's a waste of a cream bun. When I hear the words crime. cream bun, I just think, yeah. mm, cream bun. It's 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 comic strip crime, isn't it? It's sex it with is, the yeah. Um A court was also told this meant he had broken his asbo. He said, I'm not bothered about the drink anyway. I'm diabetic. And the doctor told me if I carried on drinking, I'd end up the same way as George Best. Uh, well, I'm I'm just as daft on pop anyway. <laughs> oh, good. That's good to know. Uh, he's already been turned away from a number of town centre bars because staff didn't know he was off the list. He said, I thought I'd come up to the Chronicle offices so it can be published so everyone will know. Uh, Kipper describes himself as an entertainer and a double-yoked duck egg. <laughs> <laughs> All great business cards. Yes. Uh, known for his alfresco performances with the mobile karaoke machine, he says he has fans outside town but will always stay in Barnsley. He says, it's Barnsley that's made me a star so why go anywhere else? I just like to entertain people and make them laugh. That's all I've ever wanted. And there we are. Kipper's back, it says, after 20 years. Uh, what else have we got? There's a bit more from that. Uh, Kipper once got sent to jail for singing Des O'Connor songs, but he denied it. He said the claims were made up as he was not singing Des O'Connor songs as he was shit. Um, <laughs> he was an ex-stable lad who got sacked for selling tips but blamed it on his mother as he told her the tips and she was the one who sold the tips on, so he claimed he had done nout wrong. Uh, there are many videos and references to him online and he even has a song written about him. And there's two YouTube links, which I'm not going to click on at this point because we're trying to do a podcast, but uh, Justin has just put the link and then put throwing water at some coppers. <laughs> and, then, and then there's another link which just says riding a rocking horse in the local market. <laughs> <laughs> and Super. here he is he says another one playing guitar in Union Jack boxing gloves so that's fantastic that's just what we need from uh, a local character Kipper Jackson it would have been a great sort of show wouldn't it it feels like sort of an 80s show along the lines of like Game for a Laugh or mm-hmm. you know one of Barrymore's shows which I suppose were more 90s where you just go around the country and each week you found you 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 find a different local character from a different town and maybe do a sort of a tournament over the weeks until you find Britain's Britain's biggest street nutter. Britain's biggest loony. You could call it that, wouldn't you, back in the 80s? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Matthew Kelly. Yeah. But did did Barrymore not do something similar? Because he did that My Kind of People thing. My Kind of People. I think he went round like shopping precincts and just went up and started singing at people. Yeah. I imagine one or two of these local characters were strayed into interview knowing the cameras were there and appeared yeah. on that. But of course, nowadays, they all appear in the early rounds of Britain's Got Talent, don't they? Tur- turning up, yeah. banging, the, banging themselves on the I head of the tea tree or something that, like that. That very funny writer slash blogger um, who I encountered on Twitter, who I fucking can't remember the name of, so I feel bad now, but he wrote that extraordinary kind of essay, really, 
about Barrymore and his career, a number of essays, and he writes in it about... Uh, I'll find it and tweet it so the lad gets credit because he's really, really funny. And it's like he writes about Barrymore's My Kind of People and how a lot of it was quite straightforward harassment of unsuspecting members of the public yeah. who, because there yeah. were TV cameras present and because Barrymore was a national celebrity, yeah. didn't feel like they had any means of objecting or protecting yeah. themselves. But he would literally run up to people unannounced and uninvited in shopping centres and pick them up. Like, pick them up and yeah, hold yeah. them like a groom holds a bride going over the, you know, the threshold. And sort of just start running around singing a song in a fucking demented manic way into their face. Yeah. And like, you know, it'd be like an old woman and she'd be giggling her head off. And he would take that to mean, look, she fucking loves it. Mm-hmm. But it was clearly sometimes just nervous fucking laughter because yeah. if some cunt runs up to you when you're out doing your shopping, picks you up and starts singing fucking why, why, why Delilah into your fucking face, a load of cameras turn up and film it, that is traumatic. Yeah, but I think most of the time they would go along with it because it was Barrymore and there was no bigger star on British that's TV true, back then. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's what we thought watching it, but I don't know, man. I mean, like, who's today's equivalent of Barrymore? It's got to be... Um, I know it is. It's that Paddy What's-His-Name who, who from Phoenix Nights. Paddy Thingy, yeah. Paddy right. McGuinness. Yeah. I right, don't think I'm he saying, is. is no, Paddy... he's not. He can't be, no. McGuinness, Paddy... he's nowhere near Barrymore. No, all right, but you know, the sort of every man. It's probably it's probably Ant and Deck. Ant and Deck are the only ones that can yeah. go into the street and get away with doing stuff like that. I think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because what we how we regard Barry Moore now as a I guess a bad and troubled man. Hmm. Um, whereas Ant and Deck, although of course they've had their challenges too. I Certainly don't know if Barry Moore could Ant. be regarded as a bad man because he hasn't been convicted of anything. Very troubled, definitely. But, mm. you know, in his pomp, Barrymore was... He was the, the absolute top of the fucking tree of British light entertainment, wasn't he? You watch old episodes of Strike It Lucky. Strike It Lucky, I, for me, that was his him at his best. Yeah. I mean, they're still on Challenge TV, I think. Get, get watching I don't really know what was going on in Strike It Lucky, but that was the point you no didn't really did. need to. It was that just was the a fucking... It was a vehicle for Barrymore to just fucking run about being mental and constantly pretend to fall over. And you'd also get contestants on there who weren't TV savvy. Do you know what I mean? They were a little bit nervous and naive and that was something you could play with. Whereas now, if you even get members of the public on these TV shows, you rarely do because there's so many fucking celebrity versions of established quiz shows and game shows because, you know, TV bosses don't think that people are capable of watching something that hasn't got fucking Z-list celebrities in it. Mm. And you get more comedy out of real people than you do out of celebrities. But yeah. then but then everybody wants to be on TV anyway, so they're all they're all fucking attuned to so where's the line? Being yeah, where's the line? I mean a lot of them start off as members of the public mm-hmm. and then you know, overnight they're sort of qualifiers being on the celebrity thing instead. Yeah. Jalapeno. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes 
lots of other marvellous benefits and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jalapeno. Um, do you want a dangers of abroad one? We've been asking for your dangers of abroad. Of course I um, do. We we both Andy and I are both uh, have both been chased by foreign people abroad, mm-hmm. um, and I also <laughs> have witnessed a pack of foreign dogs chase some friends of mine abroad. So we just want to remember, remind people that as lockdown slowly lifts and you can go back on holiday, that yeah, it is sunny <laughs> and the food's nicer, but it is also dangerous. So Highly just dangerous. be mindful of that, right? Um, Rich has been in touch, and, and the title of his email is Dangers of Abroad, Portuguese Goat Crimes, Dogs and Drug Tablets. Four of us went to Faro in Portugal six years ago. I know it well. The person <laughs> who booked the Airbnb got a good deal in a tiny rural village 20 miles from the city. We had our first night in a local bar called Marcos, which was very disendat. It was about 25 minutes walk away. We walked home in the early hours in the pitch black, took a left turn slightly earlier than we should have and ended up spending two hours totally lost on a rural road with no lights. Classic dangers of abroad stuff, that, isn't it? Massive. Massive. Red flags um, everywhere. Yeah. Wrong turn down a dark road, two-hour walk, shitting yourself. It's happened to all of us. The whole time being barked at by packs of dogs we couldn't see. Shit scary. Now mm. that, when you dogs barking at you in a foreign land, because straight away you think rabies, scary enough. But when you cannot mm. see them, fucking hell. And they're, they're um, all barking in foreign as well, so you don't know what they're barking at you. Yeah, exactly. You're going, <laughs> oh, non-comprende. I don't understand. Excuse us. Non-comprende. Inglesi. <laughs> ah, don't give a fuck. <laughs> Inglés es estúpido. <laughs> Eventually, a black pickup truck drove up loudly behind us, which was oh, my God. we are going to get murdered moment. It then parked up next to us and a hard-looking Portuguese bloke wound the window down and said, Hey, guys, you want to jump in the back and come with us to do some drugs? <laughs> we said, No. <laughs> Quite sensible. (laughs) And surprisingly, he went, "Okay, no problem. See you later. And drove off. (laughs) We did all finally make it home, but shit scared. That's brilliant, isn't it? I mean, that, you know, because we're we're not trying to be xenophobic here. A lot, you know, the majority of people when you're abroad will be good as gold. And those lads there, they're just like, they were being kind. Do you want to do some drugs? No, thank you very much. Fair enough. See you later. Okay, he goes on. Anyway, the next morning, a local man who was hired as our fixer by the Airbnb uh, came up to our house and told us we shouldn't go into the village as they'll know we were from the house. And while we were out, the farmer will send his specially trained goats to come and steal from us. 
What? We all then proceeded to put our belongings as high up as possible so that the goats couldn't reach them in the unlikely event he wasn't bullshitting us. Especially trained goats. You're going into the village? Don't go, please, because the farmer, he know that you left the house. He got goats. He trained them to come steal. He sent the well, goats in. What if we put our valuables up high? Ha, ha, ha. You don't know these goats. You see goats, <laughs> they climb up mountains and all sorts. They get up everything. You're silly English. You know nothing. These goats aren't going to be worried about things being up high. <laughs> they stand on each other to make a little goat pyramid. And then the one on the top steal your stuff. You don't know what the fuck you are dealing with. You shouldn't well, have come home. here, English. Yeah. Go home. <laughs> this is no place for you, English. <laughs> Only bad things will happen for you here. <laughs> <laughs> we went back to Marco's the next night and instead of walking back, offered anyone 20 euros for the five-minute drive back. Numerous very <laughs> pissed-up Portuguese people offered for us, so we got a lift back by a man who could barely stand up straight. Somehow, that felt much safer. Different culture, I suppose. Keep it cunty, rich. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what you've fantastic. done there is your mate, you've gone, let's go to Faro. Mm. And to be fair, no one goes to Faro on holiday. It's where you fly to. You fly mm. to Faro if you're going to the Algarve, but you don't mm. fucking stay there. You get, yeah. drive out to the sea, right? And you've done neither. You haven't gone to a nice sea resort. You've gone to some fucking shit place 20 minutes outside of Faro. There's nothing yeah. to do other than get chased by fucking scary invisible dogs or be yeah. nicked off of by goats. There's, I mean, it reminds me of the first time I went to Florida in 2009 and I hired a car. Um, now, uh, if you've ever been to Florida, you'll know there's two types of Florida. There's two parts of it. There's Disney Florida and yeah. there's uh, on the local news at 11.30 at night Florida. Madness which Florida. Is, which, which is mayhem. And uh, mm. I had directions to get to the hotel from the airport and I got a bit mixed up and I drove around for a while and then I realised that eventually I'd driven into local news at 11.30 at night Florida oh, and I got, no. I got with the I got kids scared. in the back yeah yeah. Fuck. all of us in the car and uh, I didn't stop to pull over and ask anybody for directions because I thought that might not be a good idea so I eventually managed to see a sign that led to the airport so I just drove back to the airport and started again from scratch Wow, that's a good idea. The end. I think but, that's sensible. Yeah. One of the best things about going to Florida, if you ever go, is staying up and watching the local news late at night because yeah. it's just fucking mayhem. They, but, they should uh, just call it meth and alligators because those yeah, are the two dividing yeah, features, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, meth, alligators, arson, murder, shootings. Guns, yeah. Um, fucking hell. Yeah, I mean, so, that, yeah. that's the thing about Florida. It's so mad. And like, I don't know, have you, have you ever seen that... Um, that show that is made by what's his name Childish Gambino called uh, Atlanta and no. it's sort of like a, a comedy drama oh yeah yeah I've seen a bit of it yeah. Atlanta mm. Georgia and it's funny and they, they 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 sort of started the trope which has now gone more widespread but I think he started it on that show which is called which is Florida My Man yeah so he's going yeah. every every mad story starts with the term Florida Man yeah. and like, you, like I read a thing in the paper a couple of years ago about some lads who had gone to Disney, Florida, with their mm-hmm. wives, right? But they'd got really pissed one night, and they'd decided, and there'll be a lot of lads who are familiar with this feeling. I think lads were in their 20s. Their wives had gone to bed. They were in the hotel bar. They got sufficiently pissed to think, let's go and try and get some Coke, right? How hard can it be? <laughs> we're in Florida. 
So they've got in the fucking car, pissed up, and they've driven. They've like just gone and found like some projects or something mm. where they thought, yeah, this is fine. Let's get out. Do a bit of fancy talk. I'm sure they'll be happy to do some business with us. Excuse me, we are in the market for some recreational drugs. We're English. <laughs> <laughs> Bow before us. Well, it's really oh, sad. Jesus. Um, it's quite a sad story because they're both shot dead. Oh. And, uh, oh. yeah. Well, that's what uh, happened. You, yeah. I mean, that, that's, what, don't go out of Disney Florida if you're there. The, the second time we went, we stayed in a Doubletree Hotel, which was quite near the water park. Uh, and it was, you know, it was the, the Disneyfication area sort of thing. And across mm. the road, there was a lovely diner where we ate. And there's like a garage with a, a petrol station with a shop in it for getting your essentials. There was a branch of Subway. It was all good. Lovely. And then in the middle of this, kind of on the corner, was a bar. It was described as a sports bar, but like there's a big sign in the door on you if you went in, no concealed weapons. And I yeah. thought, that's the line I'm not prepared to cross. Open carry. Yeah. Open carry, that's what they call it, don't they? Yeah, that's the pre- that's the line of, of Florida I'm not prepared to cross into. I'll go on the subway and I'll go to that lovely diner over there, but I ain't going in there. Who knows what the gun situation room. is in Subway in Florida, though? Well, it seemed fine. It seemed fine. There wasn't a rule. So I think um, I think you were a little just well, brandish my, your gun if you my felt you needed friend, to. Chris, my best friend, Chris Ryan. Your best friend, yes. SAS legend Chris Ryan mm-hmm. was living in Florida for quite a few years. Was he? And he said to me, yeah, I'm coming back from there because uh, it's fucking mad. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? He goes, well, he went at my, I don't know if he saw this. He goes, but he said, at my local supermarket, there was two old guys. He went, old guys, like mm. widowers or something. And they got into a situation over a parking space in the supermarket car park where mm. they, you know, when you're both heading for the same space, yeah. then there's a standoff and one inches forward and the other one inches forward and so on and so forth. Yeah. And in the end, these two old guys get out. You, you bastard, get out of the <laughs> way, you bastard. Who do you yeah. think you are? Right, all this sort of stuff, just an old man row. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they both ended up pulling out guns and shooting each other in the face. Fucking hell. Yeah, like fucking Reservoir Dogs. And then he also told me, he goes, yeah, he goes, the thing is, he goes, very dangerous. I just want to come back. I don't feel safe. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, this is in the SAS. It's in the SAS. He's a firearms expert, right? (laughs) And he's he's scared of the gun situation in Florida. He said, I said, what is it, like gangs, criminals? He went, no, no, no. He goes, goes, you're more worried about shit. He goes, the way that I will die in Florida, I remember him saying this, he goes, the way that I'm terrified that I'm going to die in Florida... He goes, I'll just be standing at the roadside having mm-hmm. come out of a shop or fill my car with petrol. He went, and a soccer mum on fucking, what do they call it, those prescription drugs they're all addicted to. Is it Xanax? No, well, maybe Xanax, but also they're, they're all addicted to um, opioids, right? Yeah. So he's going, he goes, some soccer mum in a massive fucking four-wheel drive SUV on, on um, opioids just fucking loses it at the wheel and just ploughs over and crushes you against the wall. Yeah. He went, shit like that happens. He went, the opioid problem is mm. so immense that shit like that is going on every day, right? Mm. Things just fucking, cars just swerving off roads. So like everyone's off their face. And I said, well, there'd be an irony if, if SAS legend Chris Ryan, a man who survived the Gulf War and walked across a fucking whole desert and survived... <laughs> just got was killed by a soccer mum who was high on fucking opioids and he went exactly <laughs> and that's why I'm fucking coming back to England it can't be allowed to happen 
Yeah. <laughs> I've got my legacy to think about. <laughs> well, um, Here lies Chris Ryan, crushed by an SUV Nissan. We've got time for one more, and this is called Tiger Magazine Stories. That kind of ties into our Melchester Odyssey. This is Lovely. from James Summers. Uh, hi, lads. He says, my granddad was having a clear out of some old clutter recently and came across some old copies of Tiger Magazine in his attic. Uh, he used to work in advertising for various magazines, including Tiger. In order to save money on models for clothes and toys in the adverts, he would often get his kids to model for free. The attached image shows a copy of Tiger and Scorcher from December 1977, with the image on the front showing my dad and uncle playing a tabletop Sabutio-style cricket game with legendary England fast bowler Fred Truman. I thought for a minute when he said that, I thought, that's Fred Truman. I thought, is this bloke from, is this letter from Fred Truman's son? (laughs) (laughs) And there he is, Fred Truman with his hair kind of slightly brill creamed and flattened down. And two kids. And it is, it's that fantastic cricket game, Test Match. I don't know if you've ever played it before. No, I remember it though. I remember it. It was Cricket cricket Sabutio. The cricket bat was massive. It was like a fucking... An upright vacuum cleaner, yeah. So you could get a good get a good hit with it, and um, oh, there it is. And the ball, the bowler ball, rolls down a little ramp in the direction of the uh, of the batsman. That's fucking great. Fifty cricket games to be won, and there's Fred. Truman. But the thing is, how did the ball not just always fly <laughs> off the table? It was a little ball bearing, right? So it was so quite it was dense. Harder. And it didn't Quite go dense. through the air. I'm going to go on eBay and try and buy this. This would be a good thing to play with. Len. So am I. I'm going to, I'm yeah, going to you're going to beat me to it, aren't you? <laughs> um, what does it say? He says, my dad doesn't remember much about the day other than being pretty sure that Truman was absolutely shit-faced throughout the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Uh, Fred Truman, of course, presenter of uh, Indoor League, which we should probably yeah. deep dive at some point. Oh, I'd um, love to deep dive that. It'd be wonderful. I'd love to bring it back. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, this claim is substantiated by another story from my granddad who once organised the grand opening of a factory in North Yorkshire of which Fred Truman was the special guest to cut the ribbon, etc. Truman was probably doing five of these a week. Do you know what I mean? In and around <laughs> Yorkshire. Uh, he says, my granddad is still bitter that Truman helped himself to two bottles of scotch on his way out, which my granddad then had to replace. A first class, say you let a cunts move if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> totally is, isn't it? I'll have those. Yeah, I'll have me, I've got me fee, but I'll have them as well on the side. Ta-da! <laughs> like that Great story. Stuff. Like that story uh, that I think I've told, but I would have definitely kept it anonymous about the former Premier League manager who went round his ex-players, who, who who hadn't seen this ex-player of his for years, mm. called up one day and said, do you still live in that same house in Manchester? And he goes, yeah, Gaffer, I do. And he goes, yeah, um, brilliant. I'm outside now. He hadn't. <laughs> he used to play for this bloke, like, is it? Right. I'm outside now. Can I have a, can I, I'm with a, a lady. Can I have a blowjob in your drive? ha, <laughs> And so he goes, uh, yeah, I guess. So this is Gaffer, well-known Premier League manager of the past, right? 90s and noughties, I would say. The drives name of which you'll be telling me after this episode. Absolutely. Drives in to the driveway. The player, who told me this story himself, mm-hmm. says he, go, he goes to the front window. He's in the house on his own. It's the middle of the afternoon. Mm. Goes, he, he goes to the front window. thinks, fucking hell, I haven't heard from this bloke for years because he'd left the club years ago. He said, I looked out the fucking window and sure enough, he's driven into my driveway with this young, glamorous gal in the seat next to him 
And sure enough, he just parks up, undoes his flies, and I watch out the top window as she starts sucking him off in the car. <laughs> so I thought, fair enough, but this is weird. Like, I wanted to catch up with him, but I didn't think it would happen like this, right? So he said, so I just, I thought, well, I'm not going to fucking watch the old thing. I'll leave him to it. So yeah. I start going around my business. He goes, luckily the wife and kids are out. Then suddenly, I hear ding-dong on the door, right? <laughs> I go downstairs, open the door, and he's there with this lass, and they're giggling yeah. on the front doorstep. And before he can, I can even say, hi, how are you? He's walking in. Basically, he's doing like a Roy race. He's not even... He's just pushing <laughs> past me and going, do you mind if I use your spare room? Things are escalating a bit, right? <laughs> so he goes, oh, fair enough, like that. So he goes upstairs, get, picks a room at random, doesn't wait yeah. to be told which one. This'll do. Obviously, it's a big house because it's a footballer's house. There's a bed house. in here, this'll do. Yeah, they start having very noisy sex. Now the footballer's Fuck like, it fucking hell, this is dragging on. I'm really worried that the missus is going to come home with the kids. I'm not sure how I'll explain it, right? He's, so he's getting nervous and he's on the verge of going up and saying, Gaffer, which he still calls him all these years later, yeah. Gaffer, can you hurry it up because the wife's on her way back. When luckily the guy comes out, comes downstairs, the player is in the kitchen. He walks in, he went, and and he thinks, right, this is where we're going to catch up and have a laugh about it. But the manager walks in and goes, hey, cheers for that, kidder. We better catch up soon. It'd be lovely to have a drink. And then as the kicker, as he says that, he opens the fridge door, takes out (laughs) an unopened bottle of chilled white wine, sticks it under his arm and says, see ya, and goes out, gets back in the car with a bird and just drives off. And he doesn't hear from him again for, like, years. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. The, the best bit is easily the fucking... The best bit is easily the bottle of wine. The like, bottle of it's, wine. It's all mad, wow. but the bottle of wine is like, he doesn't even know his way around the house or anything. He just walks in and cheers, kid, I'll catch up soon. See ya. This has been Top Flight Time Machine. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 